Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, episode 237, week 15 breakdowns, game two uh, previews, starts of the week. I'm your host, John June. And of course, Saturday afternoon, got my guy here, Greg Penniman. Greg, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, doing real well. You know, um, just he's getting ready. We got this Saturday night game. Uh, luckily, we still have one, so you know we get some Saturday football. Nice little uh, change up. Um, yeah, looking forward to the the game of the you know one of the games of the year we just saw on Thursday night, which is excellent. Um, just saying off the air. Hopefully, we can see that for 10 to 15 more years. Just Herbert Mahomes. Uh, so it was, it was beautiful, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting hopefully to the second round. Yeah, definitely, man. It is uh you know <clears throat> it's 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 definitely tough uh, as you referenced uh, about. You know, Saturday game getting moved. We still got one left. Um, the Browns-Vegas game that we covered in the breakdown of the Saturday games and the 1 p.m. games in episode 236 um, has been postponed to Monday at 5 p.m. Uh, in addition to that, the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles, their game has been postponed to Tuesday at 5 p.m., um, no, at Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Because initially, yeah, Tuesday at 5 p.m. And then the um, the game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams will be played on Tuesday at 7 p.m. So uh, definitely some. Uh, or did I have that flipped, Greg? Um, the Tuesday games and the what the. The so, Tuesday games. I know they were initially announced that they were played at the same time. I guess they're both at the same time. <clears throat> Both at uh, seven. They're both at seven, yeah. Yeah, they're both at seven. I thought I had seen somewhere yep. that one was at five, one was at seven, but they're both at seven p.m. So, um, that obviously, hopefully, doesn't have any impact on week fifteen. Uh, it it makes planning a little bit difficult because now you're you're out of fear that this you know <clears> one of these games get canceled, um, which you know, is just a whole nother monster in and of itself as we are in midst of the fantasy playoffs. So definitely a tough situation to navigate, but one of the situations that we have to deal with, one of the ones that we knew we, we knew we had to potentially deal with, uh, it's just kind of the reverse. It feels like of last year where last year you had all these breakouts during the season. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the time the fantasy playoffs came, you know, you weren't really seeing much, postponements of games or things like that but now you know we haven't had a a game postponed through 14 weeks of the nfl season and we get three postponed in the same week amidst the breakout here where over 100 nfl players are on the covid list so greg are you taking any extra precautions this week i know you're also dealing with this as well as you've got some players uh playing you know that have that have were supposed to be playing in these games that have been postponed so how are you handling it uh, so I know in a lot of leagues I do have Jalen Hurts. Uh, in one league I have Tua as a backup, so I'm confident in starting Tua. Um, if I think with the Jalen Hurts situation, if you have 
if you're gonna want to start Jalen Hurts and wait to Tuesday, just pick up Gardner Minshew. He's probably still available in a lot of leagues, and that would make it your option very easy. Um, you can go with Hurts, and then if something happens and you can't go, then you just slide in Gardner Minshew for that. Um, but other than that, <clears throat> uh, everyone should be pretty healthy. I think I think the games will happen. Um, and yeah, just have contingency plans if you have space on your roster uh, to to make those decisions and let those guys. Pull those trigger on those guys on the Tuesday, Tuesday night games. Yeah, I totally agree with that one right there, right? Like, uh, that's exactly what I've, I've done in, in the leagues where I have hurts and it's a super flex league or uh, even a one quarterback league. I think it's, you know, comfortable doing that as well, yeah. where you pick up yeah. Gardner Minshew, um, you have him there. And, and then if uh, if hurts goes great, you play him. Uh, if 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 he doesn't go, then you, you don't play him. Uh, obviously, you can play Gardner. Um, but, you know, like you said, maybe have a backup plan like Tua or uh, maybe even a Justin Fields who plays on Monday. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think all of these, you know, there's there, there's a million ways to, to get this thing done. But just make sure you have a plan. And I think that's the, the most important thing as right. we enter this, uh, you know, these these fancy playoffs and, and this, this these difficult times with you know, the COVID breakout and everything. So uh, as we talked about, we got to break down the game that was the Thursday night game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers and what a game it was. Um, final score was Charger, or Chiefs 34, Chargers 28. Uh, this game actually ended up going to overtime. Um, you know, the Chargers, I got to say, man, Brandon Staley <clears> – <throat> I love you, man. You were one of my favorite <laughs> candidates coming into the year. Um, one of the reasons you were going to be aggressive, you were going to let Herbert throw the football, you were going to use analytics, you were going to go for it on fourth down. I have a problem, though, man. Sometimes too much is too much, bro. Like, I get it. I'm on team. Go for it 100%. But like, I also believe that when you get there, you know, you get into the red zone. You also got to take points. I understand. I've said it before, and I, I'm sound contradictory here. Touch, field goals don't beat the Chiefs. Touchdowns do. Mm-hmm. But this was yeah. a little bit different yeah. because yeah. when you're trailing to the Chiefs, when the Chiefs are on and you're just getting down there and scoring field goals, that does nothing for you. But the Chiefs were not on. The Chargers were dominating this game for a decent part of it. Yeah, uh, definitely in the first half. Yeah, they In the had. first half for sure. So, I mean, in this in the second half, too, in the fourth quarter specifically, right, right, uh, you know, the Chiefs were still trailing. Like, take some of those points. Give yourself a chance mm-hmm. in the end, like a nice little buffer here because you know they're going to make this comeback. And I understand that the touchdown would have put you in a much better position. And, but, but I'm saying, like, a couple times when you, when you, get, when you <clears> get down there and you don't get it, maybe on that third time, just take the points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, other than that rant, Greg, do you have any uh, Thursday night takeaways here? I mean, Patty, man, it's this man, it's still his division uh, going on the road, getting it done. Uh, it's just a, a great win. A classic Mahomes, Kelsey Hill performance. I felt like I was, you know, in, in that playoff run to their Super Bowl. It felt nice. Yeah, Patty was. Patty was definitely good. Should have four um, touchdowns though. He did miss uh, some easy bunnies that he usually gets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also, you know, like you said, had three touchdown passes. Should have had a fourth potentially. Justin Herbert was also very good as well. Um, my he should initial, have five touchdowns. 
Could have had easily had five. My initial bold prediction actually did come true, which was both of these guys would combine for 640 passing yards and five or six. I said six total touchdowns between the two of them. We got it. 646 passing yards between the two. Uh, Mahomes going for 410. Herbert going for 236. And, uh, you know, both of these guys each scoring three touchdowns. So uh, my takeaway, both of these guys, like you said, one of the two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and they will be like that for a very long time. Hopefully uh, for the next 10 years, we'll get to see mm-hmm. this this battle, you know, essentially twice a year uh, and maybe even three times a year if they if, if they mm-hmm. end up seeing each other in the playoffs. So um, Austin Eckler, you have oh, big ups to you. You're, oh, yeah. You're tougher than than you most know. human beings. bro. <laughs> Fantasy Honestly, Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> like, seriously, we, we've seen at three <clears throat> different points this year where Eckler potentially was not supposed to play. Uh, week one wasn't supposed to play. Apparently he played, gutted it out. Um, you know, this week he wasn't supposed to play apparently. And, uh, the week, I think it was the week before. No, there was some time earlier in the year. I think he had a back injury and it was like a big deal. Cause he, he put himself in his fantasy lineup. So that's how everybody knew he was going to go. I don't know. It was a hip injury. So, uh, three times I'm going into the week thinking I'm not going to have Austin Eckler. And all three times I come out of it. Uh, with a with a not just like a oh my god he didn't do anything like my man's scoring like yep. 18 20 PPR points I, yep. I, I'm on efficient it. too so efficient he only had 12 carries you know they said he wouldn't have normal workload he didn't and he still came through for you like that's oh so impressive yeah and it was just awesome to see him get those those valuable touches right like yep. they they were bringing him in on third down using him as a as a as a not a wide receiver but using him as a receiver out of the backfield and even sometimes splitting him out. Uh, mm-hmm. of the formation they also brought him in on the goal line i mean i was very upset when joshua kelly got you know three or back-to-back uh goal line carries essentially there uh in the goal line down by the down in the red zone and fumbling one away and yeah. i was like the whole time put eckler in put eckler and put eckler and uh luckily kaneche uh kenny awosu uh, uh in wosu rather um has has that incredible interception <laughs> like the next drive uh, brings the ball right back there and they bring in Eckler and he, he, he brings, he p- punches it in right away. So love that, man. Um, anything else here, Greg, in terms of the takeaways? Um, no, I mean, it's a, a very good game. Uh, everyone, the players that you needed came through except Mike Williams. Yeah. Uh, he got just dis- destroyed on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on that red zone play uh, and then, you know, injures himself on the way down, still comes back in the game, finishes the game though, which was, I thought was impressive because he, he, that she walked off, that shoulder was just hanging. Um, yeah. Both him also, and Keith Allen got hurt, came back crazy. Yeah. Chargers are tough. Uh, also somebody who did get hurt, Donald Palm Jr. Um, so, I mean, he's sounds like he's okay. He posted yeah. a message yeah, on his Instagram. That, yeah. So, Definitely, thank God. That was a, a, definitely a scary moment yeah. um, to start of that game. So glad he's uh, he's you know feeling much better. So um, let's get into the matchups, man. The 4 p.m. game here, 4:05 p.m. We've got the six and seven Atlanta Falcons traveling to San Fran to take on the <clears throat> seven and six San Francisco 49ers. This game has a 46 point total, where 
the San Francisco 49ers are nine and a half point favorites. In terms of injuries, safety Eric Harris, he's on injured reserve with a torn pectoral injury for Atlanta. Uh, on the San Fran side, Elijah Mitchell, he's out with a, con- a concussion this week. And defensive tackle Maurice Hurst is out with a calf injury. Greg, in terms of this matchup, where are you going? I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take San Fran to cover. I'm going to take San Fran to win. Uh, I think San Fran is playing pretty well, very well offensively right now. I think they found their mojo with putting Debo at running back, kind of opening up their offense a little bit for Ayuk. Uh, so on San Fran's side, Jimmy G is my stream of the week. Uh, I think he has starter week potential. He's, he's going to have a, a big game in this one. Uh, he's been playing very well of late, uh, almost 300 yards last week. No Eli Mitchell, so Jeff Wilson Jr. should get the bulk of the carries. Uh, so I have him alone in RB2 category. Um, Debo Samuel, I think, will be used <clears throat> in that Cordell Patterson role like in both ways. Uh, so he's kind of that low end uh, RB1 or wide receiver one, if you want to call it. But he doesn't have that position. George Kittle, absolute monster, top two at his position. Who we'll probably finish right under, right under Kelsey, uh, or maybe match it. I, I don't know. This, he, he has some, some huge performances of late. Uh, on the Falcons side, I really just like Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts uh, to be kind of you know, ones at their position each. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a pretty solid game for the 49ers. Yeah, I, I uh, do like this game. But, however, both these teams run the ball a lot. So I'm going to take the under here. Going to take Atlanta to cover. I'm uh, going to take San Fran to win uh, on the Atlanta side. Cordero Patterson, I, I don't want to hear anything about load management right now. Uh, we need this man for the fantasy Word, playoff man. run. Word, man. So <laughs> you got to start this man as RB one. Uh, I also really like Russell Gage this week. He's been really solid these last few weeks, a 26% target share during that time span. He's also got a decent matchup too. So I like him. Uh, Kyle Pitts. It's been, it's really tough. Uh, you know, we were talking about him off air has 770 receiving yards on the year, just one touchdown um, based on a touchdown to conversion rate, um, you know, taking the average um, touchdown for a the average yardage total for a tight end and, and what that means in terms of how many touchdowns they've scored. Kyle Pitts should actually have almost seven touchdowns, about 6.8 touchdowns on the year, but he only has one um, if he continues, I think Hayden Hurst being back actually helps him too, um, because maybe he has, uh, you know, he has to do some more uh, tight end type responsibilities with Hayden Hurst out, and so with Hayden Hurst being back, he can be deployed more as a as a you know back as a wide receiver and a slot receiver type deal. So curious to see what happens there. Uh, but on the San Fran side, I, I'm I think I'm into I'm into this entire mm-hmm. offense really. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson. RB two or three. I mean, we've seen the the three touchdown Jeff Wilson games. So like it can happen at really any moment yep. here. Uh, George Kittle, top three option. Uh, Debo Samuel, he's a wide receiver. Uh, he's in wide receiver one territory for me. Um, you know, I think obviously he's got that safe role with the running back usage now. So I, I like him this week. Ayuk should continue to be the lead wide receiver. Um, you know, again Debo Samuel. Being a running back, uh, yeah, this this spot's really nice. I'm just curious because we've seen Atlanta do this before. Uh, does AJ Terrell shadow, or does is San Fran a team that you really can't shadow against because, or you really probably don't want to because of how they deploy Debo Samuel? So you could end up putting yourself in some dangerous positions. Um, but 
shadowing Ayuk might make some sense. I don't know. It's, it's I'm I'm really just going out there on a limb. It's maybe a DFS thing. I think it's season long. I'm sticking with Ayuk. Uh, he's been really solid as a wide receiver too, a wide receiver one upside. So I'm sticking there. But I'm just you know throwing that out there as devil's advocate type deal. Word word. Uh, moving on to the uh, the next game here, 4:05 p.m. The, the mm-hmm. seven and six Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Denver to take on the seven and six Denver Broncos. Uh, this game has a 43 and a half point total. This the uh, Denver Broncos are one and a half point favorites according to the FanDuel Sportsbook. In terms of injuries on the Cincinnati side, Logan Wilson he's he's out as well as uh, Clay Johnston, both linebackers they're out. Uh, Chidobe Awuze, he's out as well. Riley Reef out with uh, he's put on IR with an ankle injury. On the Denver side, running back Javante Williams, he's questionable with a knee. He was limited on Wednesday. He was a DMP on Thursday and then limited again on Friday. Vic Fangio said he has uh, some he's dealing with some swelling there. Shouldn't um, keep him or limit him in any way on Sunday. So I'm curious to see what happens there if he's if he's good to go. I hope he is. Uh, Melvin Gordon dealing with a thumb and a hip, but he's questionable. Uh, and the linebacker, Kenny Young, he's doubtful with a concussion. I'm going to take the under here. Going to take Cincinnati to cover. Going to take Cincinnati to win. Uh, Joe Burrow, quarterback one this week. Uh, T. Higgins, a, a wide receiver one. Uh, and Jamar Chase, I think he's a wide receiver two with, with wide receiver one upside. Uh, I mean, last week was obviously big plays and, and touchdowns, um, but T. Higgins is seeing the more consistent production in recent weeks. So uh, that's why I have him ranked ahead. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's an RB1 territory. The volume is going to be there. Hasn't really seen much work in the past game. Uh, but I'm, I'm, again, expecting him to win this game. I think Joe Mixon, uh, he's been long for the end zone here. So I, I, I think I'm playing him as an RB1. Uh, on the Denver side, Javante Williams, uh, he's been involved in the past game, which is nice, uh, especially in PPR leagues. So uh, he's a top 20 running back play for me this week, along with Melvin Gordon, who, you know, both have um, shared the share the touches in this backfield, both have equal opportunity to score touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the passing game, maybe outside of like the tight ends. It's just purely out of necessity because you, you got to start somebody at that position. But uh, I think I'm comfortable just, you know, passing the torch on guys like, like uh, Jerry Judy and and Tim Patrick and Corlin Sutton in this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take Cincy to cover and Cincy to win. On the Bengals side, I have Joe Burrow's uh, low in QB1. Um, I don't think the upside is a little cap just because he's in Denver and just Denver just somehow on the road can play some ugly games. But I still have him in QB1 territory. Joe Mixon I love um, with the volume, and he's doing really well in rush yards. Got over 1,000. Uh, last week, so um, he's in that category. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both; <clears throat> they both do have uh, high and wide receiver two upside. I do like Higgins? I agree with you. He's been a little more consistent of late. Uh, on Denver side, though, it's really just yeah, Javante. The running game, I'm trusting. Uh, same rules, kind of. If uh, you know whoever's going to be get the bulk of the work is going to have a good matchup and and play well and get into that RB two high and RB two category, um, staying away from that passing game. And I'm with Al O over Noah Fant for rest of the season. Um, and yeah, CJ Uzama, I think if you're desperate for a tight end, also could have some value for you. Yeah, definitely there. Uh, moving on to this next matchup here, Sunday 4:25 p.m. We've got the 
10 and 3 Green Bay Packers traveling to Baltimore to take on the 8 and 5 Baltimore Ravens. This game has a 43 and a half point total where the Green Bay Packers are four and a half point favorites. In terms of injuries, the big one, quarter, uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson has been DMP all week. Listed <clears throat> as questionable all week. Everything we've been hearing is he has a good chance to play. He has a good chance. Um, there was an expectation at the start of the week that he they expected him to play. Uh, or Actually, the wording was a little bit weird. They planned on having him play, right? Like, you can have plans, but those plans can also not come to fruition because of unforeseen circumstances, and you have to essentially change your plan. So, yeah, bro, it's it. I'm, it's nice I'm I be, 100% believe that he does not play. Um, so Tyler Huntley will probably get the start. Uh, Marquise Brown, he's dealing with an illness. He was a DMP on Thursday. Return to practice Friday. He is questionable. Ben Powers, he's out with the foot. Uh, safety, Chuck Clark and Tristan Center, Tristan Cologne, both out on COVID list. On Green Bay, uh, David Bakhtiari, he's out with the knee, the left the left tackle there. Uh, guard Billy Turner, he's out with the knee. Uh, and this is after losing Elton Jenkins, who's a talented tackle as well um, for the year. So MVS, he's questionable at the back. Equinemius St. Brown, He's doubtful with a concussion. And Kenny Clark, the defensive tackle, the talented defensive tackle, is out on the COVID list. Greg, what say you? I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take Baltimore to cover because they're really good at home. And I'm going to take Green Bay to win, though. Uh, Actually, I'm going to take the over in this game. Um, Yeah, on the Green Bay side, I like Aaron Rodgers as a mid-tier QB1. I think he's got some good matchups, specifically Devontae Adams. Him and Devontae Adams, I think, really ball out in this matchup. Uh, Devontae is going to destroy, I think, uh, this Baltimore secondary and do really well in, in this game. Aaron Jones is starting as a RB1. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I think, will get some work as well in the in the red zone. So he's in RB3 category for me. Uh, and on the Baltimore side, Tyler Huntley, if he's going, I, I mean, I don't think that's a, a bad play uh, if you're – the Lamar Jackson manager, and you have Tyler Honey, and we're able to get him. Um, and if not, go get him. He's a he's a good play. I think he will won't kill your day. Uh, so I think he's in QB two territory. Uh, and <clears throat> the running game, I trust with uh, Devontae Freeman and Hollywood Brown. He's a low end wide receiver one. Bateman though has the nice matchup. Uh, so I think he has upside to be a low end wide receiver too. Mark Andrews, though, you already know. No, don't even have to say anything about that guy, but I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take Green Bay to cover. I'm going to take Green Bay to win. Um, Mark Andrews, again, he's the man. Uh, enough said about that. I think Devontae Freeman uh, is in play as an RB2, maybe RB3 flex option. Uh, Marquise Brown didn't see much work from Huntley last week with Bateman being a lead dog. I, mm-hmm. I think Brown could have a better game here. This time around, so I'm not necessarily off of him if Lamar doesn't go. Uh, Bateman, on the other hand, we saw him have a, his, his probably his best game of the year, uh, really, in terms of like what you like when you consider like the situation that they were that they were really in and, and yep. the opportunities that he was getting and you know was doing it with the backup quarterback and Tyler Huntley. So um, 
you know, expect him to continue to progress and take that step forward. Uh, on the note of Lamar not playing, again, not expecting him to go. So I think Huntley can be a high-end QB2 for you this week. On a Green Bay side, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's a quarterback one. I mean, this defense, this Baltimore defense lost Marlon Humphrey. Uh, they've been getting hit in the secondary. They just lost Chuck Clark. So this checking this secondary's hit or you know they're banged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers he he he'll be able to pick on uh you know an experienced secondary here uh, with some lesser players and Devontae, like you said he's in a, a cake matchup here too uh, in terms of an individual matchup so he's a big time wide receiver one play in a smash spot uh, on the running backs though I mean Aaron Jones had <clears throat> eight ca- eight touches last week scored two touchdowns. Um, A.J. Dillon is very much involved in this offense. I see both of these guys as RB2s here okay. with RB1 upside. Uh, that's just kind of how I'm looking at it because touchdowns could fall to either one of these guys and, and yep. you know, in any given day. I think what we really need is it to become like a shootout in Aaron. Then, you know, like Aaron Jones, 100 percent. He's like basically the number two receiver in that situation. But, um, you know, with them being favored, I don't know how. If we if we really get that and know Lamar, but all the way either way going to be an intriguing game for sure. Um, another intriguing matchup: the Sunday night football game, the 8:20 p.m. The six and seven New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay to take on a 10 and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game has a 46 and a half point total, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 10 and a half point favorites. In terms of injuries here. On on the Saints side, tight end Garrett Griffin, he's out with a hamstring. Offensive tackle Ryan Ramshack, he's out with the knee. Offensive tackle Teron Armstead, he's out with the knee. Uh, tight end Adam Troutman, he's designated to return from injured reserve, so that's some positive news. Some not so positive news. Head coach Sean Payton tested positive for COVID-19, so he will be out of this game. Um, in terms of the Tampa Bay side, Leonard Fournette was a DMP basically all week until Friday when he was a limited participant in practice with an ankle. Uh, so seems like he's trending in the right direction to play, but still monitor that situation though. Uh, Richard Sherman, he's doubtful with an Achilles Jordan Whitehead. He's questionable with a calf uh, Antoine Woodfield questionable with a foot injury. I am going to take the over here. I'm going to take, I was going to take the Saints to cover, but I think I'm actually going to change it. I think Tampa Bay covers. I think Tampa Bay wins. Um, still going with the over. Uh, again, Taysom Hill, he's – well, Alvin Kamara, RB1. Like, I think he could could potentially, um, you know, have the RB1 upside as he, as he always does with him being as talented as he is. Uh, Taysom Hill, however, uh, quarterback one, there is some risk that goes there with Taysom Hill – uh, you know, they're heavy underdogs. We, Taysom Hill struggled to pass the the football the last two weeks with that injured middle finger. So he does carry some risk of like a potential in-game benching and where Trevor Simeon comes in off the bench because they need to, to actually throw the football to have a chance to come back as 10.5-point underdogs. So it's like that emergency glass situation where like there's no other way I can win unless – Taysom Hill comes in and, 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 you know, scores 20 to 30 points and go for it. But other than that, I I think I might uh, look, you know, to like a guy like Tua or even Justin Fields or something like that. Right. So 
On the Tampa Bay side, TB12, QB1, uh, Chris Godwin. I think he continues this run here. Uh, Mike Evans, he's going to see his nemesis, Marshawn Lattimore, again. So those battles are always interesting. Uh, I think I think you, you play Evans, though, regardless. Uh, the touchdown opportunity is still going to be there. Gronk, a top four tight end play. Uh, Lenny, if he can go, I think he's an RB1, uh, maybe like the RB15 if he does go. Uh, being a little limited in the matchups, not that great. Um, but no Giovanni Bernard means he's the main pass catching down running back. Uh, but if he can't go, Ronald Jones is a touchdown dependent RB2. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to take the Saints to cover and Tampa Bay to win. Uh, on the Saints side, I do, if, you know, Taysom Hill's going, I trust that he can, he will finish the game and he'll be fine. I think, you know, just they'll he'll find a way to, to get it done and, and and you know Tampa Bay is still one of the best matchups against the quarterback position so I think he'll has his day as a QB1 uh Kamar you already know about him he's going to be a top 3 play um not trusting any of the receivers except maybe some <clears throat> uh Tyron Smith uh you know action um just to, you know as the only pass catcher in the offense that got the most work last week uh so going to play him and some flex spots on the Tampa Bay side. TB12 is going to yeah, kill in this matchup. Uh, continue to kill. Continue to be a, a top three fantasy quarterback. Uh, playoff Lenny, if he's able to go, uh, he's a low in RB1. Godwin and Mike Evans, I trust. If, if there's no AB, uh, you're throwing them out there and expecting them to give you wide receiver one value because that's what they've been doing. They've just been absolutely killing uh, with AB out with the two receivers. Uh, and, and Gronk has been money as well. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, moving on to the next matchup here, the six and seven Minnesota Vikings traveling to Chicago to take on the four and nine Chicago Bears. This game has a 44 point total. The Vikings are four point favorites in terms of injuries. Allen Robinson, Jesse James, Ryan Nall, Andy Dahl, and Eddie Jackson, Mario Edwards, Joel Ayegabanue. Jermaine Ifedi, Duke Shelley are all out on the COVID-19 list for Chicago. Linebacker Rokon Smith, he's questionable with a hamstring. He was a limited participant in practice. On the Vikings side, Adam Thielen was a DMP on Friday. Uh, he's a game-time decision for Monday. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, he tested him as well as Alexander Madison, Alexander Madison are both out after testing positive for COVID and are on the COVID-19 reserve list. Greg, where are you with this matchup here? I'm taking the over. I'm taking Minnesota to cover, Minnesota to win. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is in a great spot. Uh, I think he's going to play very well. I think he's borderline QB1 for me. Dalvin Cook is also in a, as in a matchup-proof RB1. Um, he's going to be getting the majority of the work, a lot of opportunity to share, so he's going to kill. Justin Jefferson has been on a stretch like no other right now, so you got to keep playing him as top two, top one at his position. Uh, especially if Dylan is still banged up, he's a game time decision. Game time decision, so I would plan to have him not in the offense. And if not, KJ Osborne has been a great play of late for another spot start um, in that wide receiver high and wide receiver three category uh, with some wide receiver two upside on Chicago side. Um, Fields, I think he can give you a solid QB two week uh, with the, uh, Darren Mooney, who's been playing well of late, being the the main pass catcher, especially you no know, Allen Robinson. And uh, Dave Montgomery, that solid RB2 for you. 
Yeah, I'm going to take the over here. I'm going to take Chicago to cover. I'm going to take Chicago to win. Um, Justin Fields, he's in the best spot he's been in all season. More on that one later. Uh, Dave Montgomery has top five upside in this matchup. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I think he's in a great spot here as well. Uh, and then Cole Komet, who's my stream of the week there at the tight end position, I think he has some some usable value here. Uh, and then on the Minnesota side, uh, Captain Kirk, uh, top seven quarterback play this week. Uh, like you said, Justin Jefferson stretched like no other. I think he continues that dominance this week. He's my man's got a 37% target share over the last yeah. weeks. Like he's this baby Moss man. He's just putting yeah, up baby Moss numbers right now. <laughs> there's no there's no wide receiver you'd rather have right now nope. heading into the fantasy playoff run than Justin Jefferson. Yep, that's so. yep. <laughs> the of everybody. Like I want one. He's one right now. <laughs> uh, and then Dalvin Cook. Again, top five play this week, uh, matchup proof, like we said. Uh, but the, the matchup's actually nice here, so we'll take it. Uh, and then KJ Osborne has some wide receiver three value without Thielen. I don't think Thielen goes on. And even yeah. if Thielen plays, I'm not playing Thielen. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Not coming. Not. I'm sorry. Not because, not for any other reason other than it's, I got to wait till Monday to find out. Like, oh, that's true. Then, yeah. 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 Sure. And then it's like, He's he's dealing with an ankle injury. Like he didn't practice all week, and he yeah he could catch a touchdown, but if he's not going to play, then it's really really just sitting there hoping he catches a touchdown in a game with a 44 point total. Like I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously there's some games here that have been postponed and moved. Um, two of which we've already covered. The Cleveland game, who are Back to being one point. They're actually now one point favorites. Cleveland is so that's. Hey man, they just gotta. They know what to do, man. It's, it makes <laughs> sense. Give it to Nick Chubb. You'll win the game. Like yeah, and throw it to David and Joku like six times, and you're good. <laughs> Bill, I feel like that one's a little bit biased, Greg. I feel like that one has some <laughs> some fantasy. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in the analysis for that, you know, part one. So he's in it now. David and Joku, yes sir. Was he not in the analysis? Was Austin Hooper not already? Oh, maybe when he wasn't. You're right. You're right. David Njoku was an option. Yeah. It's all right, Greg. We could just tell the people you you have them on your league and start team. You pick them up, start them after Hawkinson is out for the year. Uh, you you need this. You, you yeah. want. This. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to listen to the the breakdown of that game, the 1 p.m. or the uh, the Cleveland Vegas game, you can go back into the uh, episode 236. It was one of the first games we covered. And you can listen to that. Um, and, and then if you want to listen to the breakdown of the Washington versus Philly game, again, the only thing that changes from that breakdown is Taylor Heineke will be out, which we weren't going to play Taylor Heineke anyway. No. Um, Terry McLaurin, I think that probably downgrades Terry McLaurin for that me. Philly, that Philly defense, though, your stream of the week. Philly defense. <laughs> yep, they, yeah. they definitely get bumped up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's a serious question, though. Would you play Terry McLaurin? No, I think I would make other options. I would uh, plan because Philly's also good on the perimeter too. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm making other options. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going without Terry. Uh, Ag is the only one that I'm touching from there. We, but again, we we pretty much covered that. If you want to hear about the Philly side, episode two thirty six. It was one of the games near on the end. Um, but this game, the Seattle game, Seattle versus the Los Angeles Rams, Tuesday seven p.m. We have not covered because it was originally a four twenty five game. So it's here in its appropriate spot on the show sheet. 
The five and eight Seattle Seahawks travel to LA to take on the nine and four LA Rams. This game is a 45 and a half point total where the LA Rams are five and a half point favorites. In terms of injuries, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Higby, Daryl Henderson, Troy Reader, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, and many, many, many more Rams. I believe the number was more than 25 LA Rams are out on the COVID list. In terms of Seattle, Alex Collins and Tyler Lockett are both out on the COVID list. Now, with all the COVID situations, there is a possibility with these games being moved that some of these players that initially tested positive could test out of the protocol. So be mindful of that. Each individual player is their own individual case. So I am not can't go through each player here. But if you're worried about a player, you're concerned about a player like Tyler Lockett, for example, go look up what Tyler Lockett's individual situation is, whether he's vaccinated, whether he's unvaccinated. If he's unvaccinated, he's got zero shot. But if he's vaccinated, there's an opportunity here potentially that they could play in this game. So just look into that, do, do the research and find out which one of these guys um, has the best shot here at playing. I'm just assuming none of them are playing, but I'm just figuring I'd give that advice. Anyway, here, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I'm going to take the Rams to win. Uh, Cooper Cup to the moon. That's that's, that's really that's really all I see. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he's a QB1 in this matchup mm-hmm. versus Seattle. Um, Sony Michelle should be the lead back once again in a good matchup, assuming Daryl Henderson misses. Uh Van Jefferson definitely gets a bump with OBJ potentially out. Uh, I know OBJ had tweeted that he was something about negative. I don't know if that was implying that he was negative for COVID and he had a false positive. I'm not really sure. Um, You know, Denny Carter has that tweet about running back, the running back typical tweet, the wide receiver typical tweet, and the tight end typical tweet. And the wide receiver typical tweet is basically just like, it's it's like psychological warfare. Like you have no idea what how to interpret it. Yep. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you know, yep. that meme lives rent free <laughs> in my head. So <laughs> that's like probably I, the same for point guards in the NBA, like Kyrie type <laughs> players. It's like running backs is always like working hard, grinding. Yeah. And yep. It's like every time yep. you see a running back tweet something. Yeah. It's like in the lab. Yep. <laughs> like spreading the hills or working out. It's. It's the funniest tweet. It's just it it's, is. It's really good. It's really accurate. <laughs> um, Russell Wilson, he's been better. He's been definitely been much better. But I'm gonna be off him this week. Um, without Tyler Lockett, I think we lose some of that upside there. Uh, DK may may have some more production potentially. Uh, but I also like Gerald Everett. I picked him up in the league extraordinary people, Greg. I'm sure you saw that. But I really like him to have a nice game here without Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Uh, potentially, you know, we always say. Don't go to the guy, next guy on the depth chart. Usually go to ADOT or, you know, guys that play a similar role. Um, Russell Wilson, he's different. He's a trust guy. And I think if you look at after Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, the next mm. guy that he trusts in here is Gerald Everett. So definitely a play for me. And then Rashad Penny should continue to be the lead dog here in his backfield. Uh, he's, an R, he's an RB2 for me, especially without Alex Collins here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to take Los Angeles to cover and Los Angeles to win. Um, on the Rams side, I agree. It was definitely all Cooper Cup. 
uh, here. Um, Sony Michelle, I like his matchup, uh, especially without Darren Henderson. Uh, he should continue to get a bulk of carries, close to maybe you know 15 to 20 carries in uh, a great week. So I have him as a low on RB1. Um, Cooper Cup, again, we're playing him on the Seattle side. Uh, I'm with you with the Gerald Everett analysis. Matter of fact, I'm going to take this under because there's not really anyone playing. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to go with that. And, uh, so, yes, Rashad Penny, uh, again, he was the number one waiver wide pickup for a reason. Uh, he, I think they're going to continue to trust him. He's been effective uh, in this offense. So he's got some things high in RB2 value. Yeah. Sorry, there's been a lot of breaking news. Uh, we've had some a uh, couple more players go on COVID, uh, specifically for the Browns. Uh, Adam Troutman has been activated off of the injured reserve, so he's actually going to play. And Garrett Griffin, who was initially ruled out of this game, was put on injured reserve. Um, but the the news that caught me, not even football-related, is actually basketball-related. Um, <laughs> I know Kyrie Irving, there was some news that he, he, he was – uh, pulled in by the Nets as a Brooklyn Nets as a part-time player who will only play on road games, but he has now entered the uh, COVID protocol. Oh, yeah, so. straight in. I mean, what do you think he was doing when he was not playing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's our basketball moment on the show to uh, appease Greg and make him happy here. So let's move on to the money time, man. Those starts of the week. Greg, that quarterback start of the week, it's a very important week. Mm-hmm. Got to hear it, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of good streams of the week. I mean, I think we use them all up, but I still really like Taysom Hill in this matchup going against Tampa Bay uh, to be using with his legs uh, to give you a safe floor. And I think with Tampa Bay being such a, a good spot here, um, you know, they have some cases bang, banged up in the secondary. I think they are still able to get uh, down the field and Taysom Hill gets at least one rushing touchdown. Now, I like this one. Like I said, it's it's high risk, high reward. No risk it, no biscuit, and Greg wants the biscuit, so I, I, I like it, man. Uh, I'm going, obviously, I've been teasing this one all week, but I'm taking a shot here on my guy, Justin Fields. Uh, he's been so much better as of late, especially now that he's running the ball more frequently, averaging 61 rushing yards per game over his last four starts to go along with almost 200 passing yards a game. Uh, he's also the court, been the quarterback 14 during that time span as well, uh, averaging 16 point three fancy points per game and now gets a Minnesota defense. That's ninth in fancy points. allowed to quarterbacks during the last three weeks at 18.7 fancy points per game. And Minnesota has given up some big games too. And I'm expecting that to continue this week with the rook. Ooh, that'd be great for his confidence going into next year for sure. Definitely, man. Uh, Greg, your running back start of the week, brother. What do you got? Hey man, the gas man is back and active and ready to go. So I got to go with him. Going against the New York Jets, who is the best matchup for running backs, uh, given about 118 rushing yards per game. Also, 61 receiving yards per game, you know, something the gas man can both do. Uh, but he's been getting great volume in the in the rushing attack. And you already know that two is going to have a great matchup. They're favored. Uh, he's going to be a beginner and a closer for this team. He's, he's going to kill. Definitely like that, especially, you know, again, he's going to see some work in the past game in those PPR leagues. And you got to love that. And we're we're a situation right now where we're at a place in the season where it's all about that volume. And so yes, with sir. that volume is king. Volume is king. So my running backs are the week this week. It's an oldie but a goodie. James Robinson going with the little squeaky wheel narrative here while also trying to ride the high tide in Jacksonville after the firing of Urban Meyer. And boy, is this situation perfect as well. Carlos Hyde, he is out of this game with an injury. 
Uh, and a matchup is nice because he faces a Houston defense that's allowed the third most fantasy points to opposing to teams opposing running backs over the last three weeks at more than 32 point PPR points per game to team running backs. So love J-Rob this week. He's a three down back who's a home favorite. That's good process. Got to love him this week, man. Start him up. Yes, sir. Greg, wide receiver start of the week, man. What do we got? Uh, you know, I got Jimmy G as my streaming of the week. He's got to go throw it to his, one of his main per- people right now, Brandon Ayuk, going against Atlanta. I think he has an excellent matchup right now. Uh, I think A.J. Terrell probably won't follow him a lot, which gives him that, that second corner matchup, which is a really juicy one. Uh, he got 10 targets last week, uh, season high, and, you know, he's looking at the Brandon Ayuk of all. Uh, another game with a touchdown last week. I think he's going to get one here uh, and kill and help out Jimmy G get to 300 yards. I like that one, man. I definitely like this one a lot. Uh, well, my wide receiver start of the week, I'm really going to go with a confidence booster here for my guy, Amon Ross St. Brown. People Ooh. people don't know whether they can trust him this week in PPR <laughs> leagues, but I'm here to tell you that you can. Over his last three games, he's got a team-leading 32% target share. The continued absence of Swift and Hawkinson should continue to allow an abundance of opportunities to flow his way. He's seen 12 targets in each of his last two games with a combined 20 receptions. He's the wide receiver of 13 in PPR leagues over the last two weeks, 20 PPR points per game during that span. He's matched up with Arizona this week, Mm. who doesn't get beat over the top, but rather in that short to intermediate range. Over the last three weeks, no team sees a larger percentage of opposing teams' targets go to wide receivers than Arizona, who's seen 85% 85% of of their targets in neutral game script go to that position. That's well above the league average of 58%. I'm confident that the rookie is going to help lead you to a chip this week. Oh, man, that'd be a nice league winner uh, type of pick right there. Definitely, man. Greg, your tight end start of the week, man. What do you got? I'm going to go with... Dallas Goddard going against Washington. I mean, this man's just been a monster. You, you know, we forgot about him because of the bye, but I, I didn't. He got he killed against the Jets. We were in the house for that. He absolutely destroyed them. And he's not not even the matchup is not even that juicy, but he's just been a money for uh Jalen Hurst or Gardner Menchu, whoever's gonna be down the stretch, especially if they can't get it to Devontae Fifth, who's also in a good spot. But Dallas Goddard's been the main pass catcher for this team and Philly's gonna kill. I, I like that one, man, definitely. And speaking of my beloved New York Jets, they get to face Mike Kosecki this week. And, again, that's my tight end start of the week. He's, he's There's going to be no Jalen Waddle. The running backs are back, but the matchup is still really nice. The Jets allow the seventh most PPR points to opposing tight ends over the last three weeks, giving up 16.6 PPR points per game to the position. From a fantasy perspective, Mike Kosecki, he's been very up and down. But he's having a really good season. He's currently sixth at the position with 642 receiving yards through 13 games. That's after a career-high 703 receiving yards in 15 games last year. So he's Mm -hmm. definitely on pace to break that. But he's only got two touchdown receptions on the year. Uh, And and based on a simple yard-to-conversion touchdown or yard-to-touchdown conversion, he actually should have about 5.6 touchdowns. He's due for some regression, and I'm picking this week. Uh, to be the week in which, you know, he does get in the end zone again here against my New York Jets. But they're going to help us out this week. Yes, sir. The gas man and Gusecki, the classic RB tight end start of this week. Both at home. That's that's good process. Uh, mm. Greg, now it's time to play some get money. Didn't get to play it last week because uh, uh, I believe I was solo on the pod. 
But we do get to play it this week. Um, doing went back and checked. Uh, even weeks are typically me. Got you, got uh, you. But odd weeks are typically you. But we weren't here last week. We didn't have one, so I I would get the first pick this week. And so with that being said, my first <clears> pick. <throat> uh, I want to go with uh, Devonte Adams here. Uh, gonna just. I know we both we're both very much into him. I know he's in your lineup. So going to get him here in my flex uh, because he plays in the later games of all the guys I'm trying to get here. So, um, Yeah, so um, now I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback, uh, 8,800. I need some some juice here at the quarterback position. So I'm, I'm going to put him in there. All right. No doubt. Um, I'm going to go. Deontay Johnson uh, is my other wide receiver, 7,200. I know I'm causing you pain, Greg. It's okay. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Nah, I can't even go to my second option. Yeah, word. Just keep it. Um, let me see. I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver one, 7,400, going against the Giants. Dad, you have all three of them? You have all. That's crazy. I did have all Dad. three of them. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to talk about a wide receiver lineup. Yeah. I did have all three of them. Woo. Um, I'm actually and I, you know what? I got some extra money. I got <clears> some money, so I'm gonna go. Uh, T. Higgins, sixty-eight hundred, <clears throat> going up against uh the Denver Broncos here. I'm gonna go Cordell Patterson, uh, running back, my RB one seven thousand, going against San Fran. Uh, I'm gonna go. Miles Gaskin, 6,600 as my uh, first running back. I'm, uh, I'm a uh, man. This Rams game being moved really hurts. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with James Robinson as my RB two. You start of the week at 6,300. That hurts actually because that's I was gonna have him. Um. All right, so then with that, I'll just go Deontay Foreman as my uh, other running back goes goes up against Pittsburgh, 5,800 of that matchup. I'm going to go Christian Kirk stack as my wide receiver, two at 6,000. Slot him in there. I'm going to go... Uh, Mari Cooper uh, is my other wide my other wide receiver, so I'll have four wide receivers in this lineup. Um, Seven thousand. Mm, I'm gonna go. Mike um, Gesicki and my tight end, sixty-two hundred. I just that just caused me so much pain because as soon as I picked Amari Cooper, I was like, I should have gone Kaseki because he's gonna go Kaseki right now. <laughs> I'm still figuring out my receiver, my third receiver. <laughs> oh man. Uh. <clears throat> so I'm gonna go. Oh, easy money. Uh, I'm gonna go with 
Dawson Knox is no. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville defense. Oh. oh my gosh, yo, brutal, brutal. <laughs> Almost. Uh, oh man, right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm gonna go George Kittle in the flex one time. Seven eight hundred. Okay. Yes, sir. You know, put him in there. He's he's kind of a keep having monster days. Yeah, I like that actually. I like going tight end in the flex. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my quarterback, my final pick here, I'm going Aaron Rodgers, 7,600, going up against Baltimore. Uh, since you took Jacksonville's defense, I'm going to have to go Cincinnati's defense, 3,400, <laughs> going against Denver. It doesn't look entirely like the lineup I started with, but it's still, most of it is still here. <sighs> So, <laughs> so I uh my start I'll read off my roster my quarterback Aaron Rodgers seventy six hundred my running back uh, Greg start of the week uh Miles Gaskin sixty six hundred uh, Deontay Foreman uh fifty eight hundred T Higgins sixty eight hundred is my first wide receiver Amari Cooper seven thousand is my second wide receiver Deontay Johnson seventy two hundred is my third wide receiver um. Uh, Dawson Knox, 6,500 is my tight end. Devontae Adams, 8,500 is my flex. And then Jacksonville defense, 3,600. Nice. Um, I got Kyler Murray, quarterback, 8,800. Cordell Patterson, 7,000 is my RB1. Your start of the week, James Robinson, RB2, 6,300. CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver one at 7,400. Christian Kirk, my wide receiver two at 6,000. Brandon Ayuk, my wide receiver start of the week at 6,600. Mike Kosecki, your tight end start of the week at 6,200. George Kittle, 7,800 at my flex. And then the Cincinnati Bengals defense going against Denver. 3,400. Yeah. James Robinson and C.D. Lamb hurt because they were they – were, Yeah, that, yeah that, that lineup. Really, yeah, so that's a really good lineup with Devontae and all of them too. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so I think that's that's all we got here. Uh, we played some Get Money. We did starts of the week. We broke down all these games. Good luck to y'all in these matchups. Really, it's it's going to be a tough week. Um, but the the people that are the most on top of it, the people that are making the transactions, that are thinking ahead, those are the people that are going to have the edge going into their matchups in this pivotal, pivotal, pivotal week in fantasy. So. Hope you make it through on the other side. Whether you do or you don't, we still hope that you come back on Monday, hear the rest of uh, or hear the recap and how we can, you know, our look ahead to waivers and how we can help you during championship week. Um, we might have to, I mean, I got to talk to, obviously got to talk to my co-host here, but we <laughs> might have to alter the schedule next week. Um, but just be on the lookout for that. We'll obviously discuss that on Monday. But other than that, have a good one. Good luck. We love y'all. Yes, sir. Peace. We out.